The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. It's a Money Monday on The Answer. That means a conversation with a friend, Josh Pick, from Aptus Wealth Management. Aptus Wealth Management, located in Lewis Center, just up the road from us. You can get them online at aptuswealth.com, A-P-T-U-S. And Josh hosts the Aptus Retirement Blueprint radio show, Saturdays, 4 p.m. On The Answer, we like to talk with Josh about markets, about trends, about consumer confidence, and all of those things. And, you know, Josh, thanks for your time. We are entering the... uh, I guess, ramp up to Christmas with just a couple of weeks. I can't believe it's December the 6th already. And yeah, I look at the headlines today and there's a lot of negative t- negativity in the headlines. There's a lot of, uh, oh no, Omicron, the latest COVID variant. Uh, when you look at the headlines these days, what do you see that jumps out at you and what's the prevailing mindset out there from your perspective? Well, remember, the media has to be uh, sensational and it's usually kind of oddly cyclical, which means... Uh, the media in general, like waves, will tend to be very negative for a period of time, and then it'll be very positive. Um, but ultimately, what are we trying to do? We're trying to get readership or listenership when we look at the media. But the reality is there's kind of some time-tested uh, strategies or, um, let's say, things to follow that over time have worked very well. And I think as we enter into fourth quarter, particularly Christmas, things like how do we manage our debt, and, uh, you know, we'll have fourth quarter earning reports coming out uh, here shortly. And what does that mean? And people will notoriously try and time what is best for them. But that does not necessarily mean that those are the best things. So, for example, uh, some time-tested strategies. Be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy when others are fearful is a very common adage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think actually Warren Buffett has echoed this many times. So as we enter into this time where we start to hear a lot of negative stuff, um, you know, Tesla sliding uh, over the weekend, Bitcoin crashed. Um, don't really pay much attention to that. Just continue down your path and continue and continue, because the reality is, uh, and we'll start with retirement, and then maybe we can work in a debt, but if you save 15% of your money over time, I don't care what happens with the market in the short term. I don't care what's going on with Tesla. If you consistently invest 15% to your retirement accounts, over your lifetime, you will be in great shape with one little pickup in there. No risk is a lot of risk, meaning if you save all that money into a cash account and don't take any risk whatsoever, you will not be rewarded for that. Um, and as we look at inflation, we're staring down the, the barrel of a gun. You have to have some risk, but that will involve volatility. But just repeat, 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 and you'll be happy you did. No doubt. Josh Pick and the Aptus Wealth team are on top of all those issues, and you need to be too because if you're not, your retirement, well, it'll get here, but it won't get here with the nest egg that you could have. So following Josh and the Aptus team's advice is very good decision on your part, and if you meet with them, it is a free consultation. You'll get a $25 gift card to patronize a local business, enjoy a night out, help a local business, and get smarter about your money. Reach out at aptuswealth.com or at 614 917 1040. Are ways that typically have been good over the years still good? You mentioned Bitcoin. You mentioned uh, Tesla. These are like new techie things. I saw a story today, uh, buy these two metaverse stocks and you'll be set for life. And I thought, well, that's a problem because I don't even know what a metaverse stock is. So there's always these new options to save, invest and all that kind of stuff. But there are lots of tried and true things out there like buying blue chip companies and things like that. Are we in an era where 
we've changed so much the old stuff doesn't work? Or are we still in the era where if it's worked over time, it probably will still work? Well, I think every generation, uh, myself included, and probably yourself included as well, constantly feel like you know the times have changed. But the reality is when it comes to investing, nothing's changed. Buying things at a good value uh, that have a significant competitive advantage for the long run uh, fares very well. Buying things that are overpriced at the wrong time uh, that are you know maybe just a flash in the pan is never a good idea. But do things change? Of course. Uh, you know, in, in 1920, you could have invested in Microsoft or Tesla or any of these companies. So that changes, but the uh, concepts behind investing don't really change. So is investing in cryptocurrency a, a terrible idea? Of course not. Should you invest all of your money in cryptocurrency, particularly the new hot cryptocurrency? Of course not. Um, so, I mean, things have changed, but the, the, the baseline of how you should invest hasn't changed. The baseline of how should you handle debt hasn't changed. And as we enter into Christmas here, let's talk a little bit about debt, because these are things that come up every year during Christmas. Um, you know, I'm going to buy this XYZ item, and I'm going to put it as same as cash because, hey, <laughs> that's free money. We yeah. hear this all the time. Yeah. It's free money. Uh, first off, no money that you borrow is free money. And secondly, saying that you're going to get 0% interest because that's free money would lead one to believe that you're gonna, you already have that money. And you're going to invest it somewhere else that's going to do better than the 0% interest when the bank is not paying you much more than zero. And I've yet to see anybody say, instead of paying cash for this car, I'm going to take this money and put it in the stock market for the next 20 years, um, which, by the way, you can't get a 0% interest uh, loan for 20 years. So uh, there's been a lot of research done on this. And let me put this to bed. Uh, debt is bad. Um, there are better debts than others, but in general, if you do an analysis of millionaires, an analysis of wealthy people, they have very little debt um, unless they hold that debt through a business. But personally speaking, they have very low debt. So be very cautious about buying the next widget on 0% interest for the next three years and realizing that you're still paying for that TV long after it's broken and now it's a thorn in your side. Josh Pick joins us every Monday. Josh is with Aptus Wealth Management. He hosts the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show here on The Answers at 4 p.m. Saturday. You can reach out to his firm, get a free consultation, learn more about your money, about retirement, about how to plan for your retirement. And they, of course, would love to help you with that. And you can reach them at 614-917-1040. Their website is aptus, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. That's an interesting statement you just made. Uh, all debt is bad, but there are some. there is some debt that is better debt. I would think the uh, enduring nature of the asset would determine that. I mean, I went in debt to buy every house I've ever purchased. Uh, we've paid our house off. But, you know, that's not going to wear out like a car is going to wear out. It's not going to wear out like a television is going to wear out. So is that the test of time? Is What's the asset going to be worth? And is the depreciation on the asset such that it's unusual, for instance, to buy a house and then at the end of time have it worth nothing, where a car, you can certainly end up with, I mean, it might be after five years, 10 years, it is essentially worth nothing. Yeah, it's very insightful. As a matter of fact, I would say that that's directly correlated. Um, you know, buying a couch on uh, same as cash, uh, I hear oftentimes, well, I needed a new couch and it is what it is. Well, no, I mean, you'll appreciate the couch more if you just wait until you can actually afford to pay cash for the couch. But Beyond that, that sounds like something your father would say, right? So I'm not trying to preach to anybody <laughs> in that regard, but what I am telling you is that the power of getting ahead, and we've talked about this in the past, Bruce, the power of getting ahead 
is exponentially greater than getting behind. And it's very difficult to explain this to somebody until they actually get there. So, for example, there was a, a huge study done of millionaires recently um, by another radio personality, actually. And um, his office determined that, you know, some crazy stat, like 80 percent of millionaires are self-made. If you, uh, 90 percent of them did not, may have uh, got some inheritance, but that's not what made them a millionaire to begin with. And most of them have their home paid off. So if you're going to uh, take this opinion that paying off your house is stupid because we have 3% interest rates and I'd rather arbitrage than that off of you know buying stocks, et cetera, well, the people that actually have the highest net worths in the country uh, don't agree with you. Um, and I would uh, tend to believe that they got there for a certain reason. So what would the mental aspect of it? You said you paid off your house. Yes. When you paid off your house, even though you had a low interest rate, I would assume it was one of the best days of your life. It was, and the reason we did it was because we were not sure about the market, and we had you know some money, enough money in the market that we could take it out and pay off the house, and we weren't sure what that money was going to do for us because it's kind of above our pay grade to anticipate which way the market is headed, but I know that it would be great not to have a house payment every month, and so that's the decision that we made. Because what a great position to be if, if one uh, you or your wife were to lose a job or get in some sort of financial hardship, at least you know that you have a very low monthly requirement because your house is paid off. So you can probably support, uh, you know, survive on one income as opposed to two if you had to. Maybe not the best case scenario, but it's a good scenario. So paying off your house is a great idea. Now, it may not be very self-serving to my industry because if you pay off your house, that means I'm going to manage your money. But once you pay that off, I'm assuming then you took those monthly payments that you would have been paying towards your house, and now you're putting those back into some sort of investment or savings plan of some kind. So are you worse off, um, perhaps mathematically, but not emotionally and not from a safety perspective? So again, I'm not suggesting that everybody go pay off their house. What I am suggesting is try and keep your overall debt position low, and it will make your monthly requirement low enough that you can do all the things that you know you should be doing, like saving. And if the car breaks down, you will have assets to pay for it, rather than now having a house payment and having to go put this on a credit card. It starts a path of saving and building uh, equity. So just be very cautious throughout the holiday seasons to not overspend and not get behind the eight ball heading into 2022. Josh Pick is our guest, and we're discussing how to save for retirement, how to judiciously, smartly use your money, invest your money. AptusWealth.com is his firm. Meet with them. Free consultation gets you a $25 gift card to patronize a local business. And you can hear more of his philosophy on money, on investment, on wealth management, on the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. Saturdays, 4 p.m. here on The Answer. We talked about discipline, and we'll just wrap up with this. You you meet with a lot of people, and I'm sure you encounter all different kinds of viewpoints on money. And you have to sort of educate as you're going along are are these concepts, they don't seem hard for me to grasp, but I was kind of raised with this kind of an approach that, you know, if you do pay your house off, you don't just, you know, hey, let's plan a trip around the world. It's like, no, we keep saving that money. But are these concepts something that you find people are more receptive to if they're in their 60s, but when they're in their 40s, they're not receptive to it? Do you notice any changes over the time as you've dealt with people, Josh, in their receptivity and their ability to process these kinds of tried and true concepts? Uh, there's no question that the closer we get to retirement, the, the, the more visible that becomes, the more disciplined we're willing to, to be, because uh, you know the, the the result is very tangible. So you're absolutely right in that people that are in their 20s, 30s, 40s, it's more difficult to convince them 
to the importance of saving for retirement than it is with somebody, say, 50, 60 years old. That said, um, you know, the way we live the second 40 years of our life is directly as a result of the way we decided to live the first 40 years of our life. So it's great that you were instilled with that discipline. But um, I think it's important to slowly over time start to change behaviors. So if somebody needs to save, let's say, $500 a month to reach where they need to go and they've never saved a nickel before, um, telling them start saving $500 a month is akin to all the people who join gyms on January 1st and say we're going to work out twice a day every single day for the next year when they haven't worked out at all. And the likelihood of that occurring, you're going to burn yourself out in a week, you're going to be so sore you can't go back. You need to slowly over time, I'm going to go you know, get on an elliptical machine for 30 minutes three times a week, and then I'm going to build up from there. Well, the same thing is true with investing, um, but you have to build those habits because if you don't get the habits going, it's very easy to give up on a, uh, a short-term you know, ridiculous goal, but it's very difficult to change your habits that have been acquired over a long period of time. So the, the idea there is changing habits. Yeah, you got to walk before you can run, and that works uh, across all endeavors in life. Josh Pick and the Aptus Wealth Management teams concerned with your retirement, with managing your wealth. Get with them, 614-917-1040, aptuswealth.com. Aptus is spelled A-P-T-U-S. Their number is 614-917-1040. We have the pleasure of visiting with Josh every Monday at 1230, and we appreciate your time today, Josh. Thanks so much. Uh, thank you. So more than 100,000 people have signed a petition to name the football stadium at Oxford High School, 30 miles north of Detroit, Tate Meyer Stadium. I think that would be phenomenal, Tate Meyer was the high school sophomore, and that hit home, hits home for me as I have a high school sophomore. He was the high school sophomore who, while his classmates were understandably running in terror from the Oxford High School shooter, Tate Meyer ran toward the boy with the gun and tried to disarm him. He was shot. He died in the police car on the way to the hospital. A young man with a great future, a young man who was said to be a leader in the school such that when he was a freshman on the football team, the seniors on the team looked to him for leadership. Uh, This is an epically tragic story, but that would be a wonderful way to commemorate the life that Tate Meyer led. He didn't lead a long life, but he certainly led one of consequence that 100,000 people up there would do something that, yeah, it's radical. Name a high school football stadium after a high school student. But it appears to me that just by the act which cost him his life, he demonstrated that he is definitely worthy of that honor. Now, uh, Joe Biden is somebody who's been in public life for more than 50 years. He's never had a real job. But he is. He is at least providing some jobs for some people. Now, I don't mean the ones with his spend-a-palooza policies in Washington, I mean with the viral Let's Go Brandon phenomenon. Uh, In Massachusetts, an enterprising entrepreneur has opened a Let's Go Brandon store where you can buy hats, shirts, stickers, and signs. Uh, There will be an IRS audit of that business. Uh, My family was in Arizona a couple years ago, and they went to the uh, original Trump store. In uh, I forget where it is in Arizona, but they happened uh, by that. I got a pair of Trump socks. So I would take a pair of Let's Go Brandon socks. 
I would take a let's go Brandon hat, a let's go Brandon shirt. Aaron, you were with me at our uh, company event the other day where we had the opportunity to purchase various items, and there was someone from Michigan there who was selling let's go Brandon t-shirts. And I was going to buy one, but he had to ship it to me. I wanted to I wanted to get my hot little hands on it right then. I thought, why ship it when I can just probably buy one anywhere here locally? Yeah. Did you uh, come away with the Let's Go Brandon I did not. Here? You did not? Okay. Well, just saying. I think it's uh, a pretty cool thing, and uh, I hope they make lots of money. Lots and lots and lots of money. Now, do you know the backstory on the Let's Go Brandon? If you say, yeah, I know the backstory. It was about the NASCAR driver who won a race, and the NBC News reporter was interviewing him, and the fans were chanting, you know, I can't say what they were chanting, but it was not Let's Go Brandon. She said it was Let's Go Brandon. No, it was uh, something Joe Biden. I didn't realize that that didn't take off virally right away. It was a week and a half later that the Texas Attorney General, Ken Paxton, announced that his state would be filing an injunction against Joe Biden's vaccine mandates. So Paxson gets up to make a statement to the crowd, and he's talking about the vaccine mandates and the border policies and all this kind of stuff, and he says at the end of his statement to the crowd, he said, I will let Eric, that was his colleague, come up and say what he's going to say, but I just want to end by saying to the, to the President of the United States, let's go Brandon... We'll see you in court. So that was the first time that people used it as a kind of an invective toward Joe Biden. And uh, now you can get it on hats, shirts, mugs, anywhere and everywhere. I hate to end the show on a sad note, but here it is. A Belgian zoo says that a pair of hippopotamuses have tested positive for COVID. We're testing hippos for COVID in Belgium. How they got the disease remains a mystery. Well, they probably weren't wearing their masks. That's probably how. Uh, All animals were tested for COVID last year, and no case was found. The hippo's enclosure has been closed to visitors and will only be open, reopened once the pair tests negative. Aaron, would you want the job of testing the rhino for COVID? Would you want to cram that swab up the rhino's nose? No. I wouldn't either. <laughs> They'd have to get a bigger swab than Chris Cuomo had for his brother Andrew on CNN while they were yucking it up as thousands of old people were dying in nursing homes thanks to Andrew Cuomo's policies. Speaking of Cuomo, Cuomo got axed by CNN. He's out. He's out as the primetime anchor on CNN. Oh, don't cry for him, Argentina. He still has his serious XM show and untold millions that he's banked from all of his endeavors at the... Uh, <laughs> I was going to make a joke about most trusted name in news. I don't even want to make a joke because I'm afraid people will take me seriously that CNN is the most trusted name in news. No, it definitely is not. And Chris Cuomo had fractured all of his trust. And he's gone. 